other than a few big events that I'm sure we'll get into later <laughs> in the end. <laughs> I hope we get into. My God. If yeah, I can't seriously. vent about it on a podcast, what did I go through it all before? <laughs> seriously. <laughs> waste my damn time. It adds to the plot. Yeah, exactly. Friends by Accident podcast host on purpose this is what you get when two canadian women who come from completely different backgrounds serendipitously meet in a brooklyn apartment this is accidental friends with aline degan and kristen mandela so before getting into this episode we just like to acknowledge going forward that as we are recording these episodes in toronto and as most of us uh listening are settlers or colonizers of this land um, we wanted to do our part to honor those whose land we are on uh, it is our responsibility as settlers slash colonizers to reconcile with those who have taken care of this land for centuries before us, and we stand with the First Nations and Indigenous people of Canada. Mm-hmm. Today we are talking about mental health. We sure um, are. I feel like this is a topic we both feel very strongly about and is super important to both of us. We've had so many discussions about this over the course of our friendship. I almost feel like it's, is it what we've like talked about most? I um I would say up there <laughs> with like boys and <laughs> mental health. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we really helped each other out in a lot of ways, even just like as an outlet. So we thought we would share that with the class. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So um, I guess mental health hasn't really always been something that's like been really talked about openly. It's been really taboo no. for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And you're really comfortable and you're really open about it now, but did you ever feel like there was a time that you weren't comfortable or like you didn't know what it was? Yeah, I mean, definitely, 100%. Mm-hmm. I think I'm really I'm really proud of my relationship with my mental health now. Yeah. But it it's no like it's never been a linear process. I don't think it's ever a linear process for yeah. anybody. I think that was one thing that I actually had to kind of deprogram from myself especially when I started healing my mental health. Um was letting go of the fact that like things are never it's never a linear he- healing process. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it took a lot of work, but I feel like when I was growing up, there was definitely things that I was dealing with that like looking back, if I had the actual terminology, you know what I mean? Like if I had the actual language to communicate, I think it would be under, it's obviously under like a mental health umbrella. I'm lucky enough that I've been like neuro or what was it called? Neurotypical. Neurotypical. Yes. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Um, without having to deal with anything like super severe, very luckily. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I think growing up, you don't really have the language to to fully vocalize what you're going through. Like I, yeah. I obviously, as we talked about in the body image episode, like struggled a lot with body image. Thank you to that one trainer. <laughs> Still putting her on blast. Not over it. Um, I'm going to make it my life's work to find Honestly, to like her. find her and ban her. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like I think – my internal dialogue has always been quite cruel. Like I've always put myself on a very, like I really give myself a really hard time. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's always ebbed and flowed. Like I always used to make jokes in university where I was like, it's never, um, there's never like an an equilibrium where it's like, oh, I'm having like a body neutral day or I'm having like a neutral mental health day. It's like either I was like feeling like a bag of garbage and (laughs) feeling like a rat garbage. Um, and just feeling terrible about myself or I felt like I was that bitch. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like yeah. there was not really a lot of in-betweens. I felt like it was always kind of ebbing and flowing into these two kind of extremes all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think there's always those big moments in your life, like big breakups. Obviously, I was explaining in the love episode, like with Chris, like when him and I didn't work out, yeah. that took a big toll on my mental health, um, which I think it does like a heartbreak kind of messes with yeah, your mental health no matter. Totally. Um, yeah. And then coming from a um, a family like dynamic where my parents are divorced and I kind of have this mixed family where both of my parents are remarried and then I have like a brother, stepbrother and, and half sister, even though they're, they're all equal siblings, obviously, but like, you know how, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I guess like during, just like the label of it, the label of whatever. Yeah. And I think like the holidays and stuff, like I used to get racked with an, in- with, with a really intense guilt. And it's something that I'm still like working through, but like with not being able to clone myself and be fully mm-hmm. present with both parents you know what I mean or both sides of my family I always felt really guilty that um 
I felt like no matter what, like even if I was with my parent, like even with I was with like one parent, I mentally was sad that I, I like I felt badly that mm. I couldn't be with the other parent. So I was never really 100% present with the first parent. And then yeah. I could never really be 100% present with the second parent because I just left the first one. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was kind of like this oh, God, weird so cyclical exhausting. thing. Oh my God. Like I've like anxiety, 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 like yeah. so anxious about it. Like my stomach, my head is spinning. Every time I say something, I'm like, oh yeah, we're going to go do that. Like, oh, I'm sure it won't be that far. Like I'm trying to downplay it to the other parent and mm-hmm. they're not asking me to do this. Like that, you know, this I is know. 100% my, my baggage, but I just, I really struggled a lot with, with things all around the holidays. I know I'm not speaking for my brother, but like it was something that both of us kind of experienced together. And it's something that now in therapy, my therapist was like, so like, what would you want the holidays to look like? And I was like, yeah. oh, I've never even thought about that once in my entire life. I literally only thought about it at, in terms of like what my, like to make my parents happy because I always felt so bad that I had to like leave one of, it's so, it's yeah. so demented. But um, yeah, it, 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 I think it's like you take on this responsibility as a kid and it's like nobody gave you that responsibility. Like nobody, nobody told asked you to take me, that on. No, exactly. And I think it's hard to deprogram that from yourself when it's yeah. kind of been not necessarily your personality trait, but like how you know how to Such a part of your it, identity. It's an, Yeah, it's in a part of how you interact in those situations. And I think mm-hmm. – uh, stuff around like I never really felt like my parents handled the divorce really well so I, yeah, I don't have that. a lot yeah so it's all those little nuanced things that I'm realizing have added up for me in terms yeah. of like my anxiety and like my my cruel inner dialogue and stuff that I've just been like working back but otherwise um other than a few big events that I'm sure we'll get into later <laughs> in the <laughs> I hope we get into my god if yeah, I can't seriously. vent about it on a podcast what did I go through it all before <laughs> seriously <laughs> waste my damn time it adds to the plot yeah but no exactly. I get it I feel like as a kid too it's like I mean I had no idea what it was like because it was just so taboo like it was so totally. so taboo and you didn't like talk everybody about was it. fine except for people that had like gone psycho or like yes. if you you know what I mean like there was yeah. all these terrible words but there was no in between they were like oh if somebody needed to go to like a facility to get help they're like oh they were like off the rails yes. there was like no in between when you were growing yeah. up so it felt like okay so I must be totally fine or else I literally have to be sent away like <laughs> you know what I mean ward. yeah 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 and it was just like I feel like it was just seen as like embarrassing or weak or whatever to admit that you totally. were struggling. or you're being dramatic I feel like women yes especially oh my deal God. with that we're like you're so dramatic I'm like literally yeah. I have crippling pained cramps and I'm rolling on the floor like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not being don't dramatic you just don't understand right now <laughs> yeah, yeah I know yeah. um but for me I was I was bull- I feel like I've mentioned this also in another episode but I was bullied in elementary school um mm-hmm. in grade eight by a group of girls who made it their job to just like make my life hell to the we point that, that they would them. like literally <laughs> just yell at me at recess for no reason. Like they would say, we're going to yell at you. And I was like, okay, Bitch. sure. Um, so I really early on developed this like almost weird feeling around friendships that mm. I feel like it just like took me into high school. Okay. And so it was, mine was around like, I feel like people didn't want to hang out with me or they were inviting me out of pity. Um, my whole last year of elementary school, I shouldn't say last year, it was like the last like four to six months or whatever it was. Um, I was like sad throughout that last little portion of elementary school. And I can very, very vividly remember this feeling in the pit of my stomach that I could just cry at the drop of a hat. Like it was like, I just, I was so anxious to go into school and obviously like my parents saw that and stuff and they knew that what was going on. So they were very like, do you want to change schools? Like it's, that's fine. Like they were very in support of it. Right. But I was like, no, I want to show my face. Like I want to go back. I, you know what I mean? Good for you. Um, and I even ended up going to high school with those girls. And again, my parents were like, do you want to go to a different high school? And mm-hmm. I said, no, cause I knew a bunch of the older girls there. So I felt fine and it was fine, okay. but at Did the they other- drop the the screaming act after a bit or what? Yeah, yeah. Because it's like you're going into grade nine. Like you're at the bottom of the totem pole, girl. Chill. Yeah, yeah, like chill. Yeah. Also probably not a saying we should be using after doing our I know. <laughs> but bottom of the food chain. Bottom of the food chain. <laughs> but at the time, I just like didn't know what to call it other than nerves. And I kind of just – and I also knew a lot of people close to me with anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. a very serious – version of it so I didn't think what I had was anxiety like it just couldn't 
possibly be. Right. Because um, you didn't have a lot of nuance in your understanding of anxiety, no, I can't imagine. No, I just was like, I know I feel sad because these girls are making fun of me. And it was very much right. like, I can tie my anxiety back to something. So I, or whatever, I guess not anxiety at the time, but I can tie this feeling back to those girls. Or that like, yeah, nervousness of like, oh my gosh, at recess, which sounds, I'm 30 and I feel like I sound so weird even saying that, but it's like, those are such growing primitive years totally. that it's kind of, um, it kind of like starts to shape you and shape you as a person. Definitely. You know? Um, but I guess what were some of like the growing pains you experienced with it? Like, do you ever feel like you ever hit like a low point? Did my sigh not give away my answer? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I can remember it like it was yesterday. Oh, um, yeah, honestly, us. I can though. It was pretty rough. Um, It was definitely 2017 was like my lowest mental health point. It was also when you and I became very close friends. So I'm sure That's wild very... because that was mine too. Oh, wow. Is that why we bonded? Honestly, probably just trying to bond with each other. <laughs> like we've been through a horrifying accident, oh but the accident God. was just like my brain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we both did talk a lot about it at that point. We did, but yeah. That's funny that we both identified the exact same year. What a shit show. What a shit um, show. I had just broken up with my ex of four years and... Andres and I had like started seeing each other, but very casually, quote unquote, mm-hmm. like casually in terms of social, whatever, but like feelings wise, not very casual. Um, and I was running this like social justice leadership camp and it was taking place on the Arizona, Mexico border. And it was like 13 or 14 kids that had been handpicked from different leadership things. So it was really awesome. Like I was so honored that they even asked me to help lead it um, with a good friend of mine, Amber. And I was just like already on the way there feeling unwell, you know, <laughs> like I'm, I can thank God like, I can laugh about it now. what do you mean now. unwell? Like on the edge of uh, okay. just not really knowing what, what, what the fuck was up. Like yeah. not really sleeping great, feeling a little, how I can explain it, like volatile. Like, you know, when mm. like somebody was like, you see somebody super wasted at a bar and they're like crying about their feelings. Like I felt like that was... You could happen to me at the yeah yeah like could happen <laughs> to me at any point okay um super unsure of myself feeling super reckless like I was like I don't give a shit like I'm mm-hmm. single but am I and and whatever like I can do whatever I want but it was yeah. like coming from this like deep unhappiness like deep yeah. deep unhappiness because basically what happened was like after my relationship before years ended I kind of just immediately went to single mode like hot girl summer mode yes. and you were part of that obviously yeah. so you very much witnessed it but I didn't ever grieve my relationship of four years and let me be clear like it was a really great it was a very good relationship like we really cared about each other we went back together we did all these things but I was just I knew it was time to be over and I did what I needed to do but at the same time like you still have to mourn the loss of it even if it wasn't meant it's a to loss be, even if it had like gone through its fit you know what I mean it, it, it yeah. ended its it's uh it's path but like I just I never did and I just knew that that was it was on the way you know yeah. what I mean? Like my brain was like, it's, you haven't really acknowledged mm-hmm. any of these things. And I just, anyway. But that's a lot. Like, and you think it was about a lot it happening for four at once, years, yeah. there's somebody in your life every single day. Like they're your go-to person. They're your this and that. And then all of a sudden for you're not sure. there anymore. Like that is guaranteed to fuck with somebody mentally. Totally. And I didn't handle it great. Like I didn't leave things off with the great with the family and all this different stuff. So I just, I was racked with like a lot of feelings that I basically just suppressed yeah. in, in the, in lieu of having a hot girl summer. <laughs> and then I went on this trip and it was probably one of the most tumultuous mental health situations I've ever been a part of, not just for me, but also a bunch of the kids. It often happens on these trips, like super empathetic kids have often gone through hardship early mm-hmm. because they that's how they know that they want to help other people is because they've already been through something. Like not yeah. a lot of super privileged kids like will work at a corner store for mm-hmm. six months to save up money to go on these trips. You know what I mean? Like they'll get yeah, sent yeah. on trips by their parents, but like they're their internal guide for why they're there is a little bit different oftentimes. And all these kids were off. The majority of these kids were from that kind of socioeconomic background. And, um, basically like four days in a row, we just had a disclosure after a disclosure after a disclosure of these kids coming forward because we had created such a safe community, like such a safe space for them. Mm-hmm. And I was told some of the most horrific things that can happen to young people in, in their lives. Like, sexual assault, like abuse in the household, 
literally anyway I, I don't want to get too too graphic but like think about some of the worst things that you, you you can imagine happening to a young person and it happened to a group of these kids like one after the other yeah. unrelated just like when one person came forward they felt comfortable and it was like this beautiful ripple effect but that being piled onto my already very fragile state yeah. was basically the tipping point that put yeah. me <laughs> just totally on edge and I ended up coming to Andre's at the time virtually obviously like via text and call while I was away because I was away for like a f- I forget like three or four weeks and he didn't know how to handle all this like negative like all these stories that I was telling him and it wasn't really fair of me to trauma dump on him obviously but I was just like I don't know what to do with this information like it was so mind-boggling to me that all these kids have been through this and his response which he's since obviously apologized for but was to basically (laughs) ice me out like he was like girl like I do not know how to deal with this and he just basically stopped responding to me um yeah so we it was rough like so oh my god that kind of was the straw that broke the camel's back. And I literally, um, I feel like I remember even talking to you then. And I feel like you were pretty like in a negative headspace. And I just remember thinking that I was like, what, why is she so unhappy? Like she's in these beautiful locations. Like she's getting paid to travel, obviously not not, knowing what's going on. And I feel like I'm sure with you dumping all this on Andra's, you were like, oh, I'm not going to do that too. Yeah. I just felt really safe with him at the time. Yeah, and it broke no. a lot of our trust, obviously, um, when he handled the situation so poorly. But like I was genuinely an absolute mess. Like I'm not going mm-hmm. to lie to you. I literally had sex with somebody who has the first name of my mom. <gasps> I had sex with a guy named Kelly. And oh, it was God. Really, I know. It was a really dark spot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you hit a low. You, so that was my low. He's he was a fine, fine, fine fellow. But but my God, Kristen, yikes, yikes, <laughs> not okay, my girl. Like looking I, back, I'm like, okay, literally anybody with any other name would have been like less of a low. But then I, when that happened, and I remember talking talking to Amber, and she was like, "Are you okay? Like that? Yeah. You're not well." You know what I mean? Like, yes. I'm sure she was much more compassionate than that. Compassionate than that. But I was like. That was when I realized, okay, you're obviously yeah, you gotta acting out. I was yes. acting out. Yeah, <laughs> I was acting out. Yeah, yeah. And I got home and I just like couldn't believe it. I like literally couldn't stop crying. Like I would be biking home from work. I'd ask to leave early because I like pretended I was like sick or whatever. And I mean, because I genuinely was. I didn't yeah. need to pretend. I was actually mentally sick. Um, and I would cry so hard going home that I have to pull over like every block <gasps> because I couldn't see straight. Ugh. And I was like, I'm gonna kill myself on this bike because I literally can't. So like basically all of the stuff that had happened just came just, out all at once because I was just suppressing, 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 suppressing. Yeah. And I got home and I would write poems on the floor. Like I literally kept some of them because they literally have tear marks into the <gasps> I'm like, okay, girl, so drama. Not to, not to gaslight myself, but I was like, they're kind of beautiful, honestly. I'm actually not a bad writer if I don't say so myself. <laughs> when I'm at my low, I actually become quite quite a good writer. I this get is it. finding the, the silver lining. Yeah. <laughs> But I was basically like wow. grieving the loss of my four-year relationship that I like obviously had not processed at all. And then I was yeah. grieving the loss of Andres, who I at the time thought that I had fucked up that whole relationship. So yeah. um, I was like a complete mess. And then eventually it was like I was talking to my – I think I was talking to my dad in like the backyard. And I was just like I literally am not okay. Like I cannot stop crying. I like can't be a person right now. And I, I've never experienced – This. I've never experienced feeling so disconnected from myself. Like I couldn't yeah. relate. I didn't know how I was feeling. Like I was so volatile. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I was so ungrounded. And so I started seeing a therapist and he was fine. Like he was a good guy. He was like a recommendation from a good friend of mine who loved him. But it was more of like that cut and dry therapist where it was like, so how does that make you feel kind of yes. stuff, which is not super my, I need a little bit Speed. more of an active, yeah, a- an active process. Um, but he was a great listener for me at the time because I needed to vent at that point because I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, mm-hmm. my life is upside down. But it wasn't, like, a lot of takeaways. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which it is just, fine. It was, like, yeah. a good entry-level therapy session for me. Yeah. Was that your um, first, that, like, that was my first therapist into... ever. Okay, so. Yeah. And I remember you and I starting to talking about, like, that's when we, I got a little bit more into journaling. And that's when mm-hmm. I started kind of realizing that I needed to be a bit more active in my own, like, doing stuff just literally for my own mental health you know yeah. what I mean like it wasn't yeah. just like oh this also has the added benefit of not making me depressed it was like okay no I actually need to be active in this process and yes. not always wait until it gets to a really bad point yes yeah but then I did it again I let it get to a bad point <laughs> 
So now, now I know. Now I won't forget. Now okay? you've like fully learned. She we lived, know. She learned, and now she, she lived, gets she it. She learned. Yeah. And now it's on a podcast, so I can't forget it ever again. Ever but again. The second low was more recently. It was like last year, like 2020. I think 2020 was like a collective mental health moment for yes. a lot of folks. But like August 2020, hmm. won't forget you because it basically the exact same thing happened where obviously a lot of my ego was wrapped up in what I can accomplish, what I can do. And, you know, like being on EI for a long time, like I had just gotten a promotion right before I got laid off at the restaurant I was working at. And I was going to go on this amazing um, sustainability retreat in Costa Rica. And then the day I couldn't go was also the day I got laid off and the day that the retreat was canceled. So it's like all these things happened. And then a few months later, it just piled on again. And I wasn't really taking care of my mental health because like, like, I kind of got into this point where I was like, well, everyone's going through it. So I can't really complain because there's people that are like dealing with houselessness and all this different stuff. Like I always gaslight no, the shit out of myself. Can't play the comp- I know. Yeah, I always do it though. It's game so bad. I'm like, play. but I'm privileged and pretty yeah. and white. What do I have to complain about? Yeah. And then all of a sudden my, I'm like shivering on the bathroom floor for no reason. Yeah. Um, so I like remember I like went on a walk with Andres and it was like, he's like, you can't like let it get to this point again you know yeah. what I mean like well, you need to take control you've back a little you've been and here before to, and yeah. what did you do you went to therapy like I think that's where we're at again yeah and um I think it yeah so I, I ended up reaching out to a new therapist who's now my therapist and I went on this th- uh website I think it's like psychology psychologist.ca or and we like or her love Great. Like love is it. not a strong enough word I oh, literally will have this person at my wedding if I have a wedding like oh this person God, I I, like I'm and it was actually so funny because I feel I hear a lot of people say that about their therapist. Like when they find a good one, they're like, I oh, it's not like, oh, I go to therapy. Her. It's like I have a, a, a what I consider a very beautiful relationship with my therapist and not, yeah. you know, weird like there's boundaries like I only email her like we're not texting or whatever. Like we have a great, healthy, boundaried relationship. Yes. But she has been, without a doubt, the most impactful person oh. on my mental health journey in my entire life. Love Maybe that. I'll send her the link to this. I was um, going to be like, send her the link, send her a fruit basket. We love it. Yeah, on it, she deserves it and uh, and more. And also shout out because she is indigenous and she is an incredible woman. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. You have told me about her. Yeah, she's just like spectacular. And Sick. I was saying it's so funny because um, literally when I was going through the website, I like had a few like tabs open. I was looking at a few other things and... I like looked at a few people I was like okay yeah like that person looks fine that person looks fine and then all of a sudden I literally just saw her clicked on her immediately like like did like closed the other like literally closed all the other tabs without even thinking about it and I called her or I emailed her sorry to do a um uh just kind of like an intro call yeah and it was like I I'm not really super like whatever I mean yeah I kind of am it was the universe I'm not even joking yeah. It was like the best phone call I've ever had. It was like so not awkward. She has like this like, beautiful, universe, boisterous, so like say, contagious yeah. laugh. Yes. Yeah. It was just like we just got along so well. And then yeah. now it's been almost a year. And Aww. yeah, I just. Um, I'm killing it. I felt very like almost like led to her. I don't know. Yes. It's very. It was very strange. I don't usually have experiences that were like that. But like this was the first time where I was like this felt like a little out of my hands. Like she yes. was going to be my therapist. You know what I mean? Oh my so gosh. I, feel I so, kind of love hearing that. Yeah. I feel so incredibly lucky that I've um, been able to work with her because yeah, it's yeah. just been um, super special and a lot of work. Like I'm not joking. Like I will get into that later in the episode, but like I have, we have a joke it's about like my therapy work. naps yeah. because I like literally after <laughs> a session, I'm like, all right, I got to go to bed. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Um, yeah. But yeah. Pulling out of the August, 2020 lull was probably one of the hardest because I was very disappointed in myself that you had let yourself that get I had there. got myself to get, gotten to that point again. And it was talking about that internal dialogue that was just gotten so loud that I didn't even know really who I was versus who that voice was. Yeah. That was giving me such a hard time all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's hard when all you're seeing too on like socials, this, that are like everybody's going through this. So you just kind of like get almost complacent and being like, okay, well, the collective is going through this. Like, it's not just me. Right. So, like, maybe once everyone's kind of out of it, I'll feel that as well. But you have to you have to be so proactive. And, like, totally. That's just how I've always been too. Yeah, um, and I'll, ne- I'll definitely never let it be. Yeah. Because I, I do do things that 
are proactive in my physical health. Like I eat decently well. I drink a lot of filtered water. Like I, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like I try to stay healthy, but I, I don't take that same consistent approach with my mental health. And that, that was like the last lesson that I learned then where Mm -hmm. it was just like, okay, I got to stop letting these, these huge mountains. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And just like make it a a daily part of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll get into that later. But I honestly want to hear about your low because now that we're like 2017 twins, what 2017 and happening? 2020 twins actually oh, as no. you were oh yeah it was a 2020 thing for yeah. you too my goodness so, girl we are in sync we are there we're like this and i'm yeah. crossing my fingers like i can see thick as these. <laughs> <laughs> um i guess for me my anxiety and i honestly don't even really consider myself as someone who has anxiety mine has okay. always been really like situational as like if i was like going through something in my life there was like a change happening or I was going through something with friends or I felt lost that's when I would feel off I no longer really get that like pit in my stomach that I talked about earlier thankfully I think I've only had it these two times that I hit a low um and especially as an artist I really, really try to pay attention to my mental health because Mm. so much of my career lies in the hands of other people like casting directors and agents and there's so much and like who they match yeah it's so out of your control on like what you look like your hair color and can Mm -hmm. you look like a family can you look like a couple like just stupid shit that puts my self-worth and validation in the hands of others so i am constantly trying to keep myself in check to make sure that that doesn't happen And also because I've had family members who have dealt with anxiety and depression, I am more, I am predisposed to having anxiety and depression. Um, and I've just like seen what it does. So I very actively watch it like a hawk. Like I can't, it's not a passive thing for you. It's not a passive thing. And so I say that because like funny that you mentioned that yours is 2017 because that's exactly when mine was too. And when I left university or when I graduated and I decided to pursue a career in the arts, yes, all my friends were going into their professional careers of like doctor, lawyer, accountant, buyer, this, that like mm-hmm. and clearly pathed professions. And my path was get a job at a restaurant at a good one so that I can sustain myself in my downtime. Right. And I told myself when I graduated that at the five-year mark, so technically it would have been 2018, I would look at my career and see if I was still happy and not okay. successful because I felt like that would be really subjective. Totally. But I was like, am I still happy going audition to audition? Am I booking? Am I gaining traction? Right. So at the end of 2016, like four months back from New York, I had two big auditions for the same company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like got a coach. I just like, I, I just felt really, really good about them. They were two of the best auditions I've ever had. And I would Amazing. not change a thing about them, but I still didn't book it. So, okay. That Which was, is so hard. It was rough. Cause I, I even came out, I knew somebody in the audition room who was reading with me and she like ended up going to tell people that, oh my God, Aline came into audition and she killed it. So mm. it, it was like, it's not just me thinking that I did really well. Like I'm, I'm still super proud of those auditions, but it's just the point that I was like, I'm still giving it my fucking best and it's still not good enough. And it's still not good enough, which is so so hard. Yeah. And so I had my little reflective moment, I guess, Mm -hmm. a whole year before I told myself that I would. And I really started thinking, why am I doing this? Is this, I really want to buy a place. I like really want my life to move forward. Is this even going to get me there? Maybe I need to quit altogether and just like get a job in advertising or marketing and do the nine to five thing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And every time I would think about that, I would feel sick to my stomach all over again. I'd start crying. I'd question everything. I didn't really want to like hang out with people because li- it felt like their lives were moving forward. And I was like, people are just going to see me as this quitter because I made such a big stink about being an artist and like, I'm going to do this and blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm clearly shitting the bed on it. So it just felt really like such a big failure. And so... And like art, being an artist, I feel is such a big part of my identity too. So giving that up really felt like I was just like completely giving up a part of myself mm-hmm. that I had fought so damn hard to keep and to pursue. Right. And so I remember texting in a group chat 
And I was probably just being super negative and just being like, whatever, just saying stupid shit that one Mm -hmm. of my friends from the group chat messaged me on the side. And she said that she had gone through something similar. She was in an artist, but in terms of her career path, and she's like, I thought my whole life I would be doing this. And she went back to school and she's now doing something else. And she's like, it just, I get it. I totally understand what you're going through. And it just felt really nice to talk to somebody about it because- I just feel like a lot of people didn't understand where I was coming from and like why it would be such a big deal. Like people change careers all the time, but totally, I feel like when it's such a big part of your identity, that's when I was like, who am I if I'm not an artist? I'm not I've like this. literally yeah. made that part of my personality, like a personality <laughs> trait. So like if I don't have that, who am I anymore? Right. So exactly like you, my second one came, my second low, I guess, was last June, July And it was really hitting me that the arts were not coming back anytime soon. And I just may Mm -hmm. no longer have a career. So my parents kept saying, why don't you go back to school? Um, That I'd always wanted to, but like not under these circumstances. So I was like really, really, really fighting it, like really fighting it. And again, it felt like I was losing this massive part of my identity. And everybody around me was so focused and excited on the fact like, oh my God, you're going back to school. That's so exciting. What do you want to do? And blah, blah, blah. And I was so unhappy because I'm like, are you guys Mm. not seeing that I'm literally losing a huge part of myself? I'm losing my, what feels like my whole identity. And all you can focus on is like, well, this is such a good opportunity to try something new. Like I literally used to want to scream at people and be like, no, fuck you. Like I, this is not what I want. This is being forced on me. It's not a change I wanted to make. Right. Um, and so it was, I felt really unhappy all the time. Um, I just felt really like sad and low and I was like, Oh, this sucks. So I remember seeing on Instagram, another artist friend of mine from New York, she has this amazing voice. She's so talented. It's wild. And she posted something on her, like a little post that basically said, Um, look at like saying, calling out artists specifically, look at this year as a detour in your life. Mm. It's just a year. So you could either take the year and sit at home and wallow in what is happening to you. Mm -hmm. Or you can take this time to just pursue something else for the year. That's it. You don't have to look at this as a big life change as like, you're never going to be Yeah, as you're never going to perform on a stage again, as you're never going to be an artist again, you're still an artist. That doesn't change just because you're doing something else. I love that. But this is beneficial for your health. Like you need to do it. Totally. So it was just like you were taking, you're not not quitting, you're just taking a break. And I think we all need to take a break sometimes. So I was like, Mm. I messaged her and she was going back to school to be a doula. And so we had this long conversation about it. And she was the only person that I spoke to at the time that actually made me feel better like, about okay it. and better yeah. about it. Because I was like, oh my gosh, you're going through the exact same thing I'm going through. This feels She really understood good. it in a way that other people didn't yeah. understand it. And or I don't they were blame, trying to make you feel yeah. better, which and is not on them, obviously. That's not, I don't blame yeah. my friends for being you know, excited and trying to pump totally. me up in that way because it's like they were obviously trying to make the best out of a shitty situation. But at the time, I was like not having any of it. And totally. I definitely took out and pro- I just saw – it also just felt like – the panini (laughs) like (laughs) completely halted and changed my life whereas Mm -hmm. everyone else was still moving forward and thriving it felt like that but I said I I felt the exact same way yeah I just like I just looked at people and I'm like your life has not been altered you haven't lost your job you haven't taken a pay cut you're just working from home or like now you're just kind of like changing into a different whatever and it like I, I, I definitely, I know that, that I like definitely projected these, this anger and these like mm-hmm. insecurities out on my friends at that time. And right. I like feel awful about it, but, um, it was, it just was like really hard time for me. And even when people would ask like, what do you want to do? I remember my parents were sitting on my balcony at one point and my mom was like, I just saw a job posting for, uh, director in blah 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 is that something that you'd want to do in like five years and I said I'm only doing this till September and then after that I'm out like that's it I'm only doing this until the arts come back like this is not my life this This is is not my yeah Yeah, this is filler and she was like 
oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, don't, don't ask me what I want to do. This is not what I want to do. I'm right. just going back to school because I have nothing else to do for the year. Right that now. Was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously that's changed, but <laughs> at the time I mean, a it was, bit, yeah. yeah, it was just like super, super frustrating. Totally. Me. Yeah. But, um, I mean, that's hard. it is, it's just like, you just never know. Like you never know how it affects somebody. And like people may look at what I went through being like, okay, yeah, so what? Like you just kind of had to make a change, big deal. And you're like, yeah, exactly. It was crumbling me inside. <laughs> but inside you're like, I'm deeply unhappy. Yeah. Um. So how do you take care of your mental health now then? Do you like, after going to therapy and like your journaling, you were saying, do you have like specific tools and like resources that you use? Do you think your mental health has changed? Yes. Yes. I feel fundamentally different than I <gasps> was back then. Okay. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned, honestly, is like the compassion mm. that I view myself in mm-hmm. is so different than the, the lens that I used to view myself. Now I see myself with so much more love and yeah. so much more understanding and in a way that like I was trying to explain this to Chloe, our producer, the other day mm-hmm. that like I love the fact that I feel like I've been outgrowing versions of myself constantly. <gasps> oh my God. Because I was like, I don't even really feel like I'm the person that I was in January. And I'm not looking back at that person being like, oh, what the fuck was she doing? Who like what a mess. She? I'm yeah. like, that was that version of myself. And now I feel even more myself than I mm-hmm. did then. That was and a version a- of yourself that you just kind of needed at the time. Totally. And it just it's a really good feeling to feel like everything that I'm doing is bringing me closer to myself, like to my true self. Cause I don't think I'm a hundred percent there yet, but I'm getting damn close. Yeah. And a lot of it was writing letters to myself. Mm -hmm. I did this amazing exercise after therapy where it was like writing a letter on my good day to me when I was having a bad day. Yeah. That was super helpful. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, like, to be honest, like it feels funny that I'm talking about it now because I've completely derailed my entire morning routine with like moving and everything. It's just been like completely off the rails for the past little bit. But on a normal, like when I actually am taking care of myself, it just, or when I'm being a little bit more diligent with it, I guess, um, like journaling was such an important part of me healing because it really just was able to turn down all those voices in my head that were telling me well, this is fucked up and you did this and blah, blah, blah. And now it was just like getting it. Li- I remember both of us love that meme or whatever, that graphic where it's like before journaling, after journaling. And yes. b- before journaling, it's like all of these scribbles are up in your mind. And then afterwards, all the scribbles are out on the pages and your mind yeah. is blank. And that's yeah. how I felt. It was like a perfect representation of how I felt when I started writing things down and kind of. It's the best. I literally felt like I was pulling the anxiety from my brain and putting yep. them onto the page. And I think a big thing, and if I could, if anyone wants to take any advice from me, I don't know why they would, but if they ever do, I view my mental health and just my brain and myself with so much more curiosity. Mm-hmm. And it's something that where it's like, instead of shaming the shit out of myself where I'm like, I, you're such a weirdo. Why would you respond like that? Or why did you freak out like that? I, I yeah. literally ask it with a tone of curiosity. So I go, I wonder how I could have done that differently. Or why did I flare up with so much anger there? Like, I wonder what made yeah. me feel that way. Or what is I that trying why, to teach me? What is it trying to teach me? Like, why did that bother me so much? Like, yeah. why am I feeling so pent up and so snippy right now? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that I'm like a perfect person that's walking around feeling super, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've Mellow heard that I, or whatever. Things and events that trigger you are just showing you the unhealed parts of yourself. Totally. And I do... For the most part, I think there are some extenuating circumstances Circumstances sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but oh I God, think yeah. for the most part, I think that's 100% true. When you yeah. meet somebody that you feel like is, oh, too much or too loud or too this or too that, yeah. I think that's showing you parts of yourself that you can look internally and be like, why is this bothering me the way that it's yes. bothering me? And yeah. that doesn't mean that you can't still acknowledge that maybe that's not your favorite type of person or whatever. Totally. But you can still reflect on the reactions that you're why having. Why is this bugging me? Why am I me? so frustrated? Exactly. Yeah. And... um. Obviously, I still see my therapist every three weeks, and that's been, like, incredibly um, impactful on my mental mm-hmm. health, um, especially I just feel so grateful that I have, like, a family, like, especially my mom, who's um, helped me pay for them, to be quite yeah. frank. Like, she's always uh, been incredibly supportive, her and my dad. My dad um, 
with my first therapist uh, as well. And I just feel very lucky um, to have yeah. a family that's in a position to help me with my mental health, obviously, because I know that's not the case for everybody. And it's really a shame because it's such a it's, shame. There is a huge barrier, right? Like mm-hmm. for people, I know so many of my friends that are like, damn, I'd love to get a therapist, but I can't even go to the dentist. And I'm like, honestly, fair. <laughs> like, yeah, that yeah. sucks. Yeah. Obviously, there's so many apps and stuff, there's more resources, but it doesn't always feel the exact same um, as to like getting yourself yeah. an actual therapist through traditional means. Um, but yeah, otherwise it's like really just viewing things with curiosity, seeing myself with compassion. Literally, I remember you and I used to talk about this, but like talking to yourself as you would your best friend, because yeah. you and I are both the hype people of our friend, respective yeah. friend groups. And like whenever my friends, like like anybody comes out, I'm like, damn, you look fucking amazing. Like, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But like I don't give myself that. And my bar still is sometimes that I don't look good until somebody tells me that I look good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh God! And getting no. out of that pattern, or 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 looking good, or saying something funny, or whatever it is. And now I'm just like, I know my value is so much greater than those things, and not needing that external validation is is honestly a really incredibly empowering yeah. feeling. You know what I mean? To be like, I don't need to prove yeah. my my value or how busy or how productive I am or how much I make or any of these things. Like all these yeah. kind of like internalized capitalism internalized fuck mm-hmm. upness that's like your value oh, is you not... don't have a value unless you're like making yeah. six figures or you have a great house or you own property or you have like yeah. whatever income it's like this is all the stuff that we've been told has value so that we yeah. play into this absolute fucked up system but it doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything yeah and my I've... my literal value is inherent so if anyone wants to always at me about it like it's just not it's not up for discussion and and i think it's so funny like i just think about i've had people ask me before like um what's your dream job or like what's Mm -hmm. your dream this and I've like I'm actually one of those people that says like I don't have a dream job yeah maybe it is to like be on Broadway performing eight shows a week but even that I'm like do I want to be away like every single night for how many whatever and like like that there's that meme where somebody says what do you want to be when you grow up and you're and the person says darling I do not dream of labor (laughs) yes exactly how I feel I'm like I'm not dreaming about jobs man yeah that's not (laughs) what we should put our value in like totally. my life goal all the time is just to be happy and 100%. just to be present. There's nothing. I don't give a shit what I'm doing as long as I am happy and people around me are happy. I think That's if I'm happy all that matters. and like you're happy, obviously, it like radiates out and it. I think it's honestly one of the most radical things you can be yeah. is be like a is do the internal work yes. and heal yourself so you can genuinely help other people heal themselves because I I don't think that you like I'm not saying to go around and try to fix people but I'm saying I think you have compassion and you by having compassion yeah and true compassion and true empathy and true um like genuine like I I really do think it's a very powerful thing Mm -hmm. and I think it does it radiates 100% I think that's the one thing about you and I that I think is so interesting is that like it is kind of a blessing and a curse. Andres still always tells me this, that it's like a blessing and a curse when you feel things so deeply because Mm -hmm. you feel the lows so painfully and so intensely, but you also feel happiness probably higher than some people feel happiness. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like that joy and stuff is is so great, but just as great is that pain. And I think you and I are both incredibly compassionate people that I think that happens at those big spectrums. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had a TikTok on my personal Instagram that said, you, if you feel with all your heart, you're going to feel love with all your heart, but you're also going to feel pain with all your heart. Mm -hmm. But then on the flip side of that, you're going to feel excitement with all your heart. You're going to feel joy with all your heart. You're going to feel every single thing with all your heart. And like, isn't life meant to be lived with all your heart? So like, yeah, it just was, I thought it was really... I thought it was a really special. I'll post it on our on our um, podcast Instagram because yeah, I, love I that. just yeah I loved it. Um, so I what mean, are you I, doing? What are, I definitely feel up? like I know myself so much more, especially I mean, being in a pandemic, living alone. I I had no nothing to do but spend time with myself and like really 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 be okay with that mm-hmm. um and so i know myself way more than i ever have which in turn helps me know how to figure my shit out so right. i feel like i'm just incredibly self aware now and i can sense when i'm starting to feel off and throughout like my you know reading personal development and podcast listening and all that stuff i've gathered 
a list of things that I know make me happy. There was a point that I was like in that 2017 year, I was like head knee deep in personal development books and, and, and workshops and blah, blah, blah. I think I, I even gave you guys the book. I think the desire map. Mm-hmm. And I so have it. anytime I felt even just an inkling of being off, I now know exactly what I need to do to get myself back on track. And for me, Amazing. that's like watching a good show, going for a walk, journaling, doing something creative. And it's obviously going to be different for everyone. And I figured this out a few years ago, but I started there. I started a weekly journal at one point to see like, to note things during that week. What was I doing when I was happiest? Mm. Um, who was I with? What was I doing? And then if you do that enough over time, you start to notice a pattern that you're like, right. okay, these are the things that make me happy. So if I ever feel not happy, go back to those things. And I keep like, I mean, anybody that's ever met me knows that how obsessed I am with journaling. You even said it. Like I just- Yeah, 100%. Like it, it's just the best thing. I started journaling 13 years ago as a, as a travel thing. I just wanted to write yeah. down like what I was doing. I was in Paris and I was like, I'm going to write down all my adventures. And then it was only like travel to travel. And then I was like, what if I did that in Toronto? That would be kind of cool. And then it started to just go from there. And Amazing. exactly like you said, I think it's the best way to objectively look at what you're feeling and mm-hmm. also even if you had no idea what you were feeling, I guarantee you, if you write for long enough, you'll write out what something you're will feeling. come up. Something for will sure. come up, and you'll look. And at the sometimes paper. it's hilarious to reread some of the shit that you wrote and oh be like, God. "Yo, girl, go outside and go for a walk." That? You were feeling a lot of things. Yeah, like, chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I honestly would look at it and be like, "Holy shit, I can't believe I thought that." But I know, like, no wonder I was feeling heavy or sad or blah blah blah. Oh my and god, so totally. I, I wrote my one. I, I have to show you one that I wrote. It is the saddest thing I've ever oh written my in my entire life. I can't even. I like some of the ones that I read back. I'm like, "Oh my god, I just want to hug you." You're. So I know. Sweet. Me too. Yeah. Um. But I like recommend it for everyone. If anybody's ever like, I've always wanted to start journaling and you don't know how, please message me. I am so happy to give up my services to help you like figure out how to start journaling. I've like said it to a few people that I've started and it makes me so happy. And I also like I meditate and I give mm-hmm. gratitude every single damn day. I get I up get every morning, write down three things I'm grateful for. Right every week, I write down my favorite or happiest moment of that week in my gratitude jar. I just, I feel like I've I've always gotten the notion that like, you're so happy and bubbly and whatever and all the time. And I think, yeah, there's some truth to it, but I think that it, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but like, I think growing up or like being bullied at such a young age, mm-hmm. it really made me feel that like, I never, ever, ever want someone, I mean, I, I don't even know how to say this, but I guess for a while that was fake a little bit. And not that I was, I was being fake to the other person, but I was faking happiness and I was faking that bubbliness and I was faking that positivity Mm. because I never wanted somebody else to feel unwelcome, unworthy, unloved, unseen. Because you knew what that felt like. I knew what that felt like. And I was like, I'll do everything in my damn power to make sure that you never feel that way. Nobody should ever feel that way. Mm. And I don't care if that... I mean, in a sense, like, I don't care if that's, like, at the expense of my own mental health and I'm just, like, so drained and all my energy has been given to somebody else. So, obviously, now I've, like, found the balance. Right, where you're also protecting it for yourself. There's yeah. a more of a boundary there. Yeah, whereas, like, I'm doing the work, like, you should also do the work that, like, I can't be that person for you all the time. Right. And, like, dude, I talk to myself every day, like, every single day. I mean, maybe I know, that comes you always from talk living about how you talk about alone, but like truly if I feel sad, I'm like, okay, you feel sad today. Why do you feel sad? Does that make sense? Blah, blah, blah. And then you slowly get to enough questions that you're like, okay, see? Got it. Found Got it. it. Found it. You can still feel sad, feel it through, but like, you know. Like let's also treat, like do let's some go. things that let's you know will help. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Don't yeah. sit in it too long, right? Don't sit in it too long. And all of that just like really comes from knowing yourself 100 percent. that's just that's that's what i think the the thing for mental health is for me at least i can't put a blanket statement out there but it's just about like knowing yourself and knowing what makes you tick and what doesn't Mm -hmm. and making sure that you are being proactive about it really truly really truly madly deeply i love that 
I love and I'm that. And so, honestly, like I've learned, I think we've learned a lot from each other, but I think I've mostly learned a lot from you in terms of being that proactive piece because I think that was the one thing where it was almost like I was doing these Band-Aid solutions. So having you yeah. be like, no, this is like an everyday thing. Like you don't just eat once like every six days you know what I mean like you have to you eat every day you take care of your body you do these things like you also have to do things for your for your mental well-being every day and I never really ever thought of it as being such a proactive thing like not just doing it as an emergency measure when you feel terrible you know what I mean because I feel like it takes you so much longer to get out of it totally but as it it. honestly like it heightens my ability to feel good too which Mm -hmm. I think is incredible so I I just genuinely think I've been like nervous or like I guess scared to get to a point where it's like I don't want to ever get to a point that like I can't take myself out of it yeah and that's a scary feeling too right yeah and so I just want to it's like you do stuff even though you don't want to like you know you should go to bed early do you want to no I want to be scrolling on TikTok for two and a half hours and like see people living the life that like I should be fucking living in (laughs) (laughs) immediately degrade on the podcast (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Let's get back to it. Positive, positive. But no, it's true. Like you just kind of do stuff that you know you have to because you know it's going to benefit you. Yeah. And you deserve it. God, if that's not adulting, I don't know what it is. Jeez Louise. (laughs) Ain't it ever. Ain't it the truth, sister. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. For spreading your wisdom as per usual. Just dropping that absolute. Yes. I love (laughs) us chatting about it. It always brings me back. I know. I just picture all of our walks and like coffees and this and that. Like, totally. It all comes flooding back when I was like, (laughs) 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 but look at us now. We are thriving. (laughs) We're doing totally much better. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We're doing great. Yeah, we are. And I'm proud of us. I'm so proud. I'm so proud of us. And I'm so proud of you because also there's been moments that you've, you just have such an open line of communication. I just got to do a little shout out. Like you have such an open line of communication that you'll say so often, not often, but like you'll say it openly that like, Hey, I haven't been feeling great. And like, you've taken time off social media because you know that Mm -hmm. that benefits you. You've been so open about how you're feeling or like even just communicating with me being like, I'm not feeling that, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, fuck yeah. I, res- mm-hmm. I respect that so much. And it, I'm you. sure that it inspires others to do the same. I really appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, boo. Thank you. Love ya. Love ya. This has been Accidental Friends with Aline and Kristen. This podcast was created by us and produced by Chloe Jackson. Thank you so much for listening. You can check us out on Instagram at Accidental Friends Podcast and our website, accidentalfriendspodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review. Review. (laughs) We love you. See you Thursday.